Hey everybody, it's Annika. I'm just dropping in real quick to apologize for the audio in this episode. It got a little funky at times, but I promise it's not unbearable. We're working on it. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you listen at the end to catch next week's topic so you can send us your listener stories. Thank you so much. Love you all and enjoy. Hi, mom, and welcome to the interesting podcast where we know a little about a lot. We're your hosts. I'm Annika. And I'm Paige. We're putting this out a little later in the week than usual, so apologies. Yeah. I had a migraine and Paige wouldn't let me take my medication. It's true. It's true. I'm just, I'm here <laughs> trying to help you. You are. You are. Do you feel better today, by the I way? I do. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I'm so glad. I'm sorry I didn't ask before. <laughs> You asked how I was. I mean, it's like I get them so often. It's just kind of <laughs> one of those rare moments that I'm on peak performance. Ooh, today's peak performance. Today's, I respect it. I don't want to start the podcast by saying that. I don't want to set the expectation too high. Peak performance. Right. We haven't even drinking anything for this one, so don't expect much, honestly. Yeah, I can't because I had the migraine yesterday. The last time that we drank for one of these, I had a migraine for nine days after. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Gosh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Nine days. Nine days. But enough about that. I have some exciting news. We... Oh. No, you know it too. It's our news. (laughs) I was so excited. And it's not even exciting. It's just a... It's a necessity. We have a new segment for you guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it was bound to happen. It was... First of all, it was bound to happen, as you say. And second of all, it actually, like, aligns pretty perfectly with our topic of today which is true tell him page pr blunders pr hey. blunders yeah and then for those of you who don't know what pr means <laughs> <laughs> it means public relations and then for those of you who don't know what that means look it up yeah look how look it up big boy it's a, has a special place in annika and i's heart because we both did pr for a little while then we noped on out of that yep and uh Let's just start our own podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> Quit our jobs and we're just really hoping that this income comes through. Exactly. Living off of sugar daddies in the meantime. Yeah. Hello, Fresh. Where you at? Where you at? We. I will. If you want to send me stuff, I will hype you so much. You don't even have to pay me. You can just send me food. Seriously, I learned to cook essentially from HelloFresh. And that's like, saying something because as far as I, was trash. I had known Paige, she had two tricks up her sleeve. One of those <laughs> being, oh shit, what was it? Enchiladas? Yeah. yeah. Enchiladas was one of them. And taco cupcakes. <laughs> Obvious, and they honestly all include about 95% of the same ingredients. <laughs> and then there was a weird cake that you made called like a hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo cake. cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, I haven't made that in a long time. It's still delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but now I cook all the time. I need to come back to Colorado just to experience I know. this. I'll make you homemade penne vodka. Ooh. Yeah. You even make your own vodka sauce nowadays, too, don't you? Yeah, I make real good, like, home, like, my vodka sauce is homemade. Have you ever made your own pasta? No, I really want to. We should try. That's next level. I've done it. It's fun. It tastes delicious. And we're totally going to do it together. Yay. I'm so excited. I have to, I do it like very, 
like not to standard. I don't have like one of those cool attachments for your KitchenAid that like, oh yeah rolls it out for you. So I'm that person Jesus, with a rolling pin. Mm, rolling pin is a bit far. Vodka or bottle. Sailor <laughs> <Hey>! Yeah, <laughs> I literally have a picture of you in college with a Sailor Jerry's bottle. Nothing has changed. I'm a homeowner now, but I am not a rolling pin owner now. <laughs> Man, noted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have to roll it out and then cut it. So I'm very limited in the amount of different pasta types I can make with that method. Mm, I think fettuccine is probably about it. Mm, I love it. I'm excited. I mean, you're going to hopefully come back this summer. So like what more perfect time to make heavy pasta. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Move aside zoodles. Honestly, I don't like zoodles. Unpopular opinion. I don't get it. Zoodles. I don't. I think I just have a problem with zucchini. Like, I like it when it's thin, I guess. I don't – anytime I've made zoodles, it honestly just kind of makes me feel ill. Really? I mean, mm-hmm. you say unpopular opinion, but I'm pretty sure that most people feel that way. Like, <laughs> if they had a bowl of spaghetti or a bowl of zoodles to choose from. I mean, I love – I love spaghetti squash, though. I'm with Who you knows? on that. It's pretty good. I like making a shrimp scampi with spaghetti squash. Ooh, I bet that is good. So garlicky. I don't really like shrimp scampi. Like, I, yeah, so if I have shrimp scampi, I need it to be super garlicky. Yeah, or you could do the same thing with chicken. Just do like kind of like a lemon chicken garlic. Mm. Yeah, like a thing. piccata almost with yeah. some capers. Mm-hmm. Here for that. Sister. Should we just turn this into a cooking podcast? Hey, we can just start a whole other one for that. We could. That would maybe be the worst type of media platform for a cooking show. <laughs> right? Just listen to me describe food. That is a terrible idea. Anyway, though, um, so PR blunders is the topic, and mm-hmm. this goes back to us now introducing our new segment. And what's our segment called? This is called Don't At Me Moment, because as previously discussed, we are the most defensive, unpopular podcast of all time, and um, we kept telling people not to add us, but um, we knew inevitably we were going to get something wrong or be offensive in some regard and someone would add us. So honestly, they only added Annika. I'm, nobody added me. Maybe I'm just not approachable or my friends just aren't as woke. No offense, guys. But I learned something new, which was that by referring to Ukraine as the Ukraine, I am unintentionally indicating that they still belong to Russia slash the USSR by putting the in front of their name. It's like saying that they're not their own sovereign country, which is not the case. But yeah, so that that was my my fun fact that I learned last week after, you know, already getting it wrong. Well, it's interesting, too, because I think most people don't know that. And yeah, you refer to the USSR as the USSR. You refer to the United States as the United States. And I think, you know, in reference to the story that we did, Ukraine was part of the USSR. And so, I don't know, when you're throwing those thes around, it just kind of made sense to tack it on. And um, I was actually telling Paige before we started recording that I was watching some interviews. I think it was maybe on Colbert. It was one of the actors from the Chernobyl series. And even he was calling it the Ukraine. So that doesn't mean that we're justified in in saying that by any means 
But I think it just goes to show how so many people don't know about this. We thought about whether or not we should bring it up or not. And um, just because it does seem so small. But when you think about it, like so many of these things that do seem so small to you might be big to somebody else, to somebody who lives in Ukraine or whatever the issue may be. So exactly. I do because we do say don't add us a lot. We want you to know it's you, just a joke. Yeah, it's a joke and 100% please do add us if we um if you feel like we're incorrect in anything that we do our research is uh I don't know, don't add our research. I think when you listen to this podcast <laughs> you make that decision that I'm about to listen to something that's probably not as research as some other people who get paid for this. Anyway, uh <laughs> But we're very open to hearing different sides of things, and uh, we're open to changing our views. And I think that's how you, how everybody should be and how you should live and how you should grow. So if you have an educational moment for us and for our listeners, please send it to us. Of course. Like, again, like, I think most people don't know that. So everyone just learned something. You're welcome. <laughs> Except for that one person who wrote in. Yeah, they knew. <laughs> they knew. Respect. Respect. I didn't know anything, so respect. Um, and again, we'll say this at the end, but our email address is interestthingpodcast at gmail.com. The name of our podcast at gmail.com. My mom still doesn't know the name of our podcast. She thinks it's the <laughs> interesting podcast. My dad still doesn't know we have a podcast. So <laughs> Here we are. Glad that we could cover that and educate everybody here let's uh what is what's next oh. dive on in interesting of the week is that where we're at yeah it is actually okay i've decided we are going to discuss what we think would be the worst company person or industry to do pr for and <laughs> that came out weird what do you think would be the worst company person or industry to do PR. I can't even talk. You know what I'm trying no, to say, though. Mean. Yeah, like, what would be, like, the worst person or place or thing or company to be their public relations representative? Correct. Do you have one on top of mind? I mean, immediately I just think of YouTubers. It's such a 2019 thing, but all these young kids with Ugh. huge, like, millions of people following them – I just look at young Annika and young Paige and the shit that we – I'm just so glad that Instagram stories – like, Instagram really wasn't a thing when we were in college. No, it wasn't. I got my Instagram, uh, like, at the very end of college. Same. 2012. Yeah. But when you're young, you say and you do really dumb things. Mm -hmm. And I just – I can't imagine being in that position but also having a million people follow me and right. people like logan paul for an example last year how he do you he know makes me cringe oh so yeah like this youtuber logan paul went on a trip to japan and he filmed a whole video of being in japan one of the videos that he filmed while he was there was the uh, going to the suicide forest out there so it's this mm-hmm. forest that's notorious for um, suicides. And while he was there, he fa- they found a, a dead body and they filmed it. And then put it on YouTube. It's not like they filmed it and then, like, cut it because they realized how insensitive that was. They put it on YouTube. Yeah. And, like, they were just doing so 
many other insensitive, stereotypical things while they were in Japan, too, that were just, like, yeah. completely brushed over because the the body in the video was so much more shocking than anything else. But they were taking Pokeballs and throwing them at Japanese people. And- oh, my god! Oh, yeah. It was awful. They're just He's so cringeworthy. Such dumb kids that are getting a shit ton of money off of YouTube and have no media training at all. I just think that would be awful to have yeah. to do PR for them. I just want to go and throw a cheeseburger at him. So <laughs> offensive. Let's do Gosh. it. <laughs> yeah. It's a call to arms. All right. Assault with cheeseburger. I don't know. What do you think? Um, so I kind of went like a different route. And I don't even know if these honestly exist. Like they have to in some regard. I think being a in-house communications director for like the CIA or NSA would be terrible oh yeah essentially you're just like there to lie that's it or to say like that you have no comment which is actually kind of easy or just be sarah sanders yeah or just be sarah sanders yeah like the nsa and caa though like i mean they're the ones that actually carry out a lot of things like we're never supposed to know about Mm -hmm. so when we do find out it's absolute Hor- absolutely horrible to be in that position oh it's true anything where it's mainly crisis pr i would not yeah. excel at see that's funny that you say that because i actually always thought that i did better in crisis communication section so i i i think i would have probably done actually pretty a lot i probably would have liked pr or at least like liked my liked my position in it if i worked in crisis pr but that being said it would be unbelievably stressful that's the thing is i think it definitely makes you think on your feet very quickly and i think you and i were really good at that yeah but at the same time it's extremely stressful and because you have to be so quick with a response sometimes your response isn't the best thought out response or yeah whatever it may be i don't know i'm just it just gives me anxiety to think about having to do that yeah, no, I get it. And exactly. Like, I would never want to go back and do that. But um, I just feel like in instances that I encountered that were, like, crisis-esque, I, like, really excelled in. So, okay, we're going to jump into – I always say that. Why are we jumping into things all the time? I always say dive into, so I get it. That sounds a lot more elegant than jumping. Mm. <laughs> like a beautiful swan dive into our, our topic now. I can picture it now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you picturing me swan diving? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Yep. Oh. Strangely, you're in like the white bathing suit that you wore during your bachelorette party. Oh, yeah. And- so, okay, the way that we designed this podcast is we have four different topics and we each have a PR fuck up. <laughs> That's now the new title um, of our the PR podcast. Fuck ups. PR fuck um, Apple would not allow that, so never mind. But so our four topics include airlines, retailers, food and beverage, and social media. We're just going to go down the list. We're going to start with airlines. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So mine's an airline, but it's a social media fuck up. But don't worry, I still have a social media fuck up down the line. Good. Oh, should we just like state our all of our sources real quick? Just to oh, get yeah. it out of the way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I got just used an article from ink.com, one from AdAge, and one from Back to Proof. I used Huffington Post, AdAge. We probably use the same AdAge one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Business Insider, The New York Times. I think that's, oh, and surprisingly, Teen Vogue. 
Hey, Teen Vogue coming in. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's hear it, Paige. Hey, okay. So in 2016, an intern surely lost their job after British Airways mistakenly reposted rival airlines Virgin Atlantic's Facebook post advertising for flights to the UK. (laughs) I don't think I heard about that. Yeah, me neither. This is why I did. I was like, oh, I never heard about this one. Um, while some companies might have deleted the post and ignored it, uh, they British Airways actually elected to keep it up. Uh, and But they did edit the actual post and made the caption something like, I don't think this is it directly, but it was something like, finally, something we can both agree on. It's a great time to fly to the UK. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they kept it up. And obviously, Virgin Atlantic seized the opportunity, and they publicly like thanked British Air- Airways for the posts. Um, That's so great. And the way they handle, right? Like, I honestly respect it. It's such like a British thing to do, you know? Like they, they like they didn't delete it. They didn't, you know, make a big deal out of it. They're just like, I'm just gonna keep up with it and try to rebrand it to say, yeah, it's a great time to fly to the UK. Because you know that people are going to see that and they're going to want to talk about it and they're going to talk about you in a positive light versus like, oh, yeah, they made this mistake, but then, you know, they deleted it right away and, you know, people wanting to get discounts on flights, just we're getting all mad. There's just, Mm -hmm. there are really good ways to handle, handle PR blunders and really bad ways to handle PR blunders. It's true. It's true. And it's like we live in the age where you could instantly screenshot anything. So like companies that delete it, it's just so or even people, I think it's just so silly because it's it's there forever. There's like a picture out there. Somebody knows something. Mm-hmm. So uh, live in fear. <laughs> live in fear. It's like Beyonce when she performed at the Super Bowl. Allegedly, mm-hmm. she told she, the, The photographer posted pictures of her performance or something like that, and um, Mm -hmm. allegedly she made a big deal of it and told them to take him down. And nobody would have seen the pictures had she not brought everybody's attention to the pictures. Yeah, had she not just made a big deal about it. Yeah, and then, like, of course, Reddit picks it up, and they did all these Photoshop battles with it, and... Then it just becomes a meme, and it's, like, out of your control. Mm Mm-hmm. The minute the masses take over, the minute that's like something is considered viral, you have no control. There's no going back. You gotta disown it. You have to. Yeah. What is your airline PR mishap? So mine's a lot darker, unfortunately. So this is Malaysia Airlines. This okay. So we all know about MH370 and MH17. Those tragic flights on. Uh, March eighth, two thousand fourteen, and then July seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. Within months of each other, everybody on these flights died. And it was extremely tragic for everybody involved. And understandably, business at Malaysia Airlines was not going great. So what do they do? In a bid to rebrand, this is just months later, the airline launched a marketing campaign called My Ultimate Bucket List. So customers, yeah. (laughs) If you don't get it, just think about it, okay? All right. Customers could enter the competition by submitting 500 words or less, answering the question, what and where would you like to tick off your bucket list and explain why? Here's the thing. I think it's a good idea to have a travel-themed contest and try to rebrand yourself and put associate more positivity with your brand. Because like ultimately, these two plane crashes were extremely tragic, but didn't really have much to do with the airline itself. 
Um, I mean, my research on that is super limited, but yeah, I know the one that like disappeared. They like kind of theorized that the pilot went rogue, and mm-hmm. not really sure. Was it the other one because the plane was faulty? It's like the no, the other one was shot down. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's just like it's not the it's not the actual airline's fault, but right. I remember this is extremely sad, but um, after MH17 was shot down. They were talking about all the people who were on the plane. And one of the guys who was on that flight, on his Facebook page, he took a picture of of the airplane before he boarded it. and Because this was just months after MH370 went down. Yeah. And kind of jokingly was like, hey, this is the plane I'm on. So if you don't hear from me, that's why. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. And it's just... It's so sad. So it's like, I think a lot of people flying Malaysia Airlines after MH370 370 knew that, you know, it's not really the airline's fault. It wasn't faulty airplanes or anything like that. Mm. But then when you have another tragedy just months later in the same airline, again, not the airline's fault, but good luck coming back from that, unfortunately. Yeah, it just becomes word association at that point. Right. And then speaking of word association, a bucket list. Yeah, right? There it is. Yeah. It's a list of all the things you want to do before you die. So... Not really a great way of phrasing something after over 500 people were killed within four months. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I feel bad because like it's coming from a place of like, you know, the person who came up with the contest just doesn't think of the brand that way because they're so embedded. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunately it, it, it had to go through several, several people for approval. And unfortunately, everyone just didn't quite catch on to the impropriety behind it. The thing is, though, so many people talk about their bucket list without mm. the thought of the of death being associated with it. Like when people talk about travel, they talk about bucket list. It's the one destination yeah. that they're going to go to. Like it's a once in a lifetime kind of a thing is another yeah. way of looking at it. But yeah, like your top three bucket list locations. And yeah. Oh, boy. Well, moving on to our next topic, I have retail. Are you cool doing retail Yeah, let's next? go retail. Awesome, because this one's obviously it's messed up, so it's not my favorite, but it's my favorite, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's your favorite mess up. Yeah. So this is from Dolce & Gabbana. Ooh. And like, who doesn't love to see Dolce the Mighty Fall? Dolce & Gabbana. Fendi and Nardana. Um, so in 2018, the luxury brand released an advertisement that depicted an Asian woman struggling to eat pasta, pizza, and a cannoli with chopsticks. Um, <laughs> what? It's I'm not fucking with you. And so it's like, honestly, this ad is painful to watch because it legitimately has no purpose besides brash racism. It, it's just like, that's what it feels like. It makes no sense. We'll post pictures on our Instagram of some stills of it because it's a video it is, makes absolutely no sense. How did this happen in 2018? That's what's blowing my mind. Yeah, and no, it gets worse. Obviously. No. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the ad was releasing kind of as kind of like a hype video of a Shanghai fashion show that was approaching, but it was eventually canceled because um, matters were made worse when Diet Prada, a fashion-focused Instagram account posted instagram diet product like hysterical i follow them actually it's oh, really, really funny i need to yeah. i need to um so they posted screenshots of an instagram dm exchange between founder stefano gabbana and model michaela trevana 
Um, and during during the exchange, Gabbana says the country of, and then he has a bunch of poop emojis, is China. <gasps> and then he says China is China is ignorant, dirty, smelling mafia. What? Yeah. So then these screenshots were released, and people obviously were like horribly offended. And the Shanghai Fashion Show was inevitably canceled, costing Dolce and Gabbana millions of dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't take like they had a bunch of interviews. Like the video I was watching had a bunch of interviews with different people around Shanghai, and they're just like, I mean, they, it was interesting because they're like, you know, if they just like you know acknowledge it and say they're sorry, then it's fine. Then you know we move on, we all grow. Uh, but if they don't, then yeah, they have like no business here. But then, of course, that was prior to these DMs being released, in which case it got so much worse. But even the ad, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it. Like, I get it. It's it an so Italian sense. designer and like a Shanghai fashion show. But what does that have to do with? I I I don't get it. I don't. I get don't it. either. Yeah, it's a little bizarre. Um, uh, we'll we'll put stills of it up. I'll you'll see. It's interesting. It makes no sense, but here we are. Well, I'm glad that both of our retail stories are extremely racist. <laughs> Enter Urban Outfitters. Notorious for Photoshop fails and interesting graphic t-shirts. And just a lot of uh, shock value products that you can get, like mm-hmm. their books and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of the direction this one takes. It's a board game. So in 2002, a board game was launched called, just the name alone is awful, Ghettoopoly, which is exactly as offensive as what you're picturing. So what is it? Ghettoopoly. Oh my gosh, ghetto. That's why I I did not hear that. Yeah. So it's like Monopoly, but ghetto Monopoly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So um, it pretty much took every terrible black stereotype and put it into a Monopoly-like game. The four railroads became liquor stores. The taxation squares were replaced by police shakedowns and carjacking squares. Houses and hotels that you build as you play were replaced with crack houses and projects. And the seven game pieces, uh, let me just list those off for you, were a pimp, a hoe, a 40 ounce, a machine gun, a marijuana leaf, a crack rock, and a basketball. This is so sad. It's very sad. Like, I mean, things on the board were intentionally misspelled. Even, like, Martin Luther King Jr. was misspelled. Um, It glorified pimps, prostitutes, drug dealers, and, like, rightfully this angered the NAACP. So Urban Outfitters, who, like I said, they're known for selling things that balance kind of on, like, the quirky, controversial side – they mm. were one of the retailers, and they faced they faced backlash for selling this board game across the nation. They weren't the only retailer to do so. It could also be found on Amazon, but they definitely mm. faced the most criticism. And David Chang is the creator of the game, and already that sounds very problematic. Well, yeah, it's not good. It's not looking good for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Couldn't really find any pictures of him. I don't think it's the same David Chang behind Milk Bar Momofuku. <laughs> I hope not because I love milk bars so much. I love Momofuku so much. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, same. I hope not. I don't think the timelines just didn't really add up. So I don't think it's the same person. I'm not saying that in order – like, okay, I am saying this actually. It doesn't make it okay 
when you talk about stereotypes and you are that stereotype, but Mm. it helps a little bit, you know, like it does. I feel like white people can talk about white people stereotypes. Black people can talk about black people stereotypes. I don't Mm. think that anything should ever be made about a specific stereotype Mm. and then you can profit off of it by people who are probably you're just exploiting it at that point. Yeah. So regardless of what race David Chang is, I don't think that there's really any justification there. So in October of 2003, Chang was sued by Hasbro, the maker of Monopoly. In May of 2006, the court estimated that Chang generated $8.79 million in profits from the sale of Ghettoopoly. And wow, so there's people who bought there's it. Lovely. A lot of people who bought it based off of that, number one. And number yeah. two, I am in the wrong industry. I don't know if that means I need to be making board games or if it's just specific to racist board games, which I just would not <laughs> get in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Newsworthy board games. Yeah. And uh, damages of $400,000 were reasonable as reflected in the court documents. So. Not a whole lot really happened there. The game, unfortunately, still exists, although it's much harder to find it, probably because it's extremely racist and most people would be shamed for buying it, but it's still out there. It's for sure on eBay. Bet you 100%. Oh, yeah. I checked Amazon. (laughs) There's there's a version of it on Amazon. Oh, my gosh. Don't go and buy it. Don't go and buy it. Okay. (laughs) Let's go into the food and beverage category yeah food and beverage feels right okay what beverage or food did you do well my beverage is coca-cola um (laughs) pepsi (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so coca-cola um is literally like the most recognized brand in the world which is insane and after 99 years of ingraining themselves in the American culture, Coca-Cola changed their formula in 1985, and it resulted in one of the largest brand failures to date. No way. Yeah. There's, there's like, if you want, if this, like, kind of interests you, like, I know it kind of sounds nerdy, but it's super interesting. There is a documentary on Netflix about Coca-Cola and Pepsi, um, and they go, they dive into this a lot. Cool. Um, So while Coke did conduct an abundance of market research that all pointed to the new formula having a superior taste, the loss of the old formula was almost too much for their customers to bear. So much so they were fielding thousands and thousands of phone calls into their headquarters and they have psychologists listening in um, (gasps) trying to understand why people were so upset. That's Uh, crazy. Do you know what changed in the formula? I can't remember what changed in the formula, but they conducted, I know, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to say that I know because I don't, um, yeah, I don't. Um, uh, now the change in the formula was actually a direct result of competitor Pepsi gaining on Coke in the market share. And Pepsi, of course, took this moment, like the moment of the release to make ads that poked fun at Coke for, uh. For changing uh, their formula. So if you go on YouTube, you can see some of the ads that Pepsi put out. They're pretty funny. Um, like people talking about how they stayed with Coke through like world wars and, you know, the depression. And then this is how they repay them. Wow. Those are some deep roots. Right? Pepsi is said to have gained some more loyal drinkers during this transition. And eventually Coke actually returned to their original formula. 
Which is crazy. Like mostly most brands will like double down on a change like that, especially one that's literally your entire brand. But uh, Coke went back to their original formula. And I think the most interesting thing about this is that the new Coke didn't fail because it tasted bad on like tons and tons of blind taste tests. Everybody said it tasted superior to the old Coke. The reason it failed was because Coke had done just such an incredible job as marketing themselves for almost a century that their audience just refused to let go of what they had come to know and love. So the psychiatrists that were listening in on all these complaints compared people's passion for Coca-Cola's original formula to that and like the loss of it to that of losing the loved one in their family. It was insane. Yeah, people lost their minds about it. I'm trying Um, to think what kind of product would instill that in me where I honestly felt like I lost my brother you know my next one is kind of like that I mean not really but kind of like that so you'll see okay (laughs) I really love donuts (laughs) but like I'm not even talking in my microphone here we go I'm not a huge Krispy Kreme or Dunkin Donuts fan unless they want to sponsor us that's that's how I feel about everything. I'm not a huge fan of you unless you want to sponsor us, then I'm your number one fan. <laughs> but if I thought about like my favorite donut shop, if they changed their donut recipe, I don't think I could equate that to feeling as if I lost a family member. It's true. I mean, there is this restaurant by our house. It's called Senior Bear. If you're ever in Denver, it is the best restaurant in Denver. It's my favorite restaurant. And last summer, they had this drink that was so good. It was like a rosé-based situation that was so good. And they stopped making it. And it did break my heart for a little bit. But, like, I still go back there. So, Yeah, you're over it. Yeah. There's more to life than a drink. Yeah. And I had a similar one at Barcelona Wine Bar. And it made me puke all up last weekend for hours so I'm, I'm definitely over it now <laughs> are you over barcelona wine bar uh no probably not probably not on the other side of the coin we have pepsi we're gonna be talking about a very notorious advertisement <laughs> that involved kendall jenner let's just go let's dive let's swan dive into it shall we <laughs> all right to be fair annika offered me this one but annika has such a deep loathing for the Kardashians that it's honestly so much better if you do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you went ahead and did Coke behind my back. I know. I'm sorry. As in the beverage. (laughs) I'm sorry. But now it's it's just cute. (laughs) Then he went to Coke behind my back. (laughs) It's the only place to do Coke is behind your back. You wouldn't put up with it otherwise. Uh Uh-uh, Never. All right, so Pepsi. Like I said, this garbage fire of an ad happened in 2017. (laughs) And as Paige said, I might be biased because one, the Kardashian-Jenner clan is not my favorite, and two, I think the only place for soda within society is as a chaser for cheap shots of vodka in college. So (laughs) maybe I'm not the best person to shine a light on this topic. Unless you're hungover, in which case cherry coke is life, just saying. Is it? Okay, I'll take that back. Ginger ale is my life. I love ginger ale. I don't know if I even consider that. Soda? Soda. I mean, it is. It's sugar and carbonation and flavor. that's true. I suppose you are correct. But anyways, continue. Sorry. Um, No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should be sorry. I (laughs) figured. What I should have said. That's why I had to apologize twice. (laughs) 
if you haven't seen the ad, all two minutes, 30 seconds of it, here's the <laughs> gist of it. Kendall Jenner, she's at a photo shoot. She's wearing a blonde wig and dark lipstick. In the background, you see a protest start forming. Kendall notices the protest, rips off the blonde wig, rubs off her dark lipstick, and this girl is ready to protest. Okay. She grabs a can of so Pepsi. Obviously, a cause that this just holds near and dear to her heart. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm I wore bright lipstick to a protest one time. I'm I'm just saying it's a good look. She probably should have kept the <laughs> lipstick on. Anyway. She grabs a can of Pepsi. And then approaches the line of police officers, hands an officer a Pepsi. Officer cracks it open, takes a sip, and everybody cheers. There's love and peace in the world again. Cancer is eradicated. World hunger is over. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kendall Jenner and Pepsi, for your contributions to society. And then the words, live bolder, live louder, live for now, appear on the screen, and it fades to black. Okay. Now. I know while a lot of people were upset by this, of course, you have people on the other side who don't really understand why there was so much controversy. If you're one of those people, I'm going to break that down for you right now, okay? <laughs> so let's dissect what was going on at the time. There was a huge worldwide women's march that happened in January earlier that year. People were forming protests all over the country in response to the president's executive orders, which included the Muslim ban. It also had this kind of anti-Black Lives Matter sentiment. Probably not like anti, that's probably not the best term to use, but it definitely diminished the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement. It was like drawing comparison from it almost, but for no reason. There was no, it's not like there was an actual stance being taken in this advertisement. Yeah, not at all. I mean, not just at this time. I just think that in the light of the 21st century and more recently, we now know that there is a shocking amount of police brutality. It's been a national conversation for a while. And at the end of the ad, you have police and protesters coming together over over a fucking can of Pepsi. So <laughs> like that does kind of take away from what people are really trying to fight for. Pepsi released a statement saying Pepsi was trying to protect a global message of unity, peace, and understanding. Clearly, we missed the mark and apologize. We did not intend to make light of any serious issue. We are pulling the content and halting any further rollout. So here are my thoughts. I think the ad was, first of all, incredibly tone deaf. And second of all, I think a lot of people interpreted it as we all need, like, all we need is Pepsi and there will be peace, love, and equality for all. Yeah. It was just kind of a weird message that they were sending that I don't really think was super concise. Yeah. And people weren't picking up on any sort of direct symbolism or anything. It was just because at the end of the day, it's an ad. Mm -hmm. The intended purpose purpose is to generate consumers. Yeah, that's been a big conversation lately, especially now during Pride Month. You see all these brands Uh attempting to capitalize off of social issues, Uh which is basically saying brand X over here has never been vocal about a certain issue ever, but they see an opportunity to profit during an event like Pride. So once June rolls around, they're all rainbows and glitter. We're your ally. We support you. But then once the month is over, you never hear about Brand X supporting any LGBTQ plus groups for like another 11 months. You know, it's all a grab to appeal to a mass cause for profit, which is sort of what Pepsi did because they'd never been vocal about any of the protested issues. And then all of a sudden they come out with this ad because protests are like the thing now. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think with Pride, I mean, like, we, people, like, talk about that, and but there's so many brands that do it and sort of ride the coattails that it's people are less offended. But when this Pepsi commercial came out, it was, like, nobody else had even dared to, you know, draw a comparison. Mm-hmm. It's not fair, but something about the fact that it was Kendall Jenner and her, like, life of complete privilege that everyone was like, really? Really? Right. <laughs> I don't know. If anyone was going to take the fall, though, I mean, why not make it the Kardashian? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If I did have to pick a silver lining and choose a favorite thing to come out of this, um, it would be Bernice King's tweet. She's the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr. And the tweet was a photo of her father at the protest line being pushed by a police officer. Mm -hmm. And she captioned it, if only daddy would have known about the power of Pepsi. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Boom. So much equality would have just been put forth in the South. Jim Crow laws would have been outlawed. If only I have a Pepsi dream would have been, been I have a Pepsi. <laughs> Damn. But it's so true. This this is what you're boiling down these big movements to. People didn't have to risk their lives or suffer or anything like that to have their voices heard. All they needed was a Pepsi. Like that's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's just oversimplifying a a very, very complex issue. Mm -hmm. Well, moving on to a less complex issue and something that's honestly just kind of, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it's like when I talk about this, you're going to be like, you know what? Interesting. Um, Which is, I guess, the point of this podcast anyways. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So Snapchat's 28. Oh, yeah. This one's like social media, obviously. So um, Snapchat's 2018 makeover caused its audience to fall under. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what that's where I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> so like, remember the days when you used to use Snapchat and Snap- Snapchat stories religiously? Um, especially Annika. Like, you mean Snapchat yesterday? Was- <laughs> yeah. But like even like – 20 the beginning of like 2018 it was definitely it was just like a big part of life 2018 beginning your snapchat story was always lit i used to make snapchat filters all the time oh yeah constantly and i definitely held out on instagram stories for the longest time because i was so loyal to snapchat i literally say that in here so i'm like if you had an instagram story you were trying too hard like what are you an influencer if you have a facebook story that's still the case yeah, same here. We're not friends nor family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, long gone are those days, though, because of the launch of Snapchat's Discover page. Can I pause you for a second? I feel like I used Snapchat and Instagram stories for very different things because I feel like my audience on Snapchat was a lot smaller than my audience on Instagram. Oh, for sure. And I felt like on Snapchat, I could talk to the camera and it wasn't weird. Yeah. But then on Instagram, nobody does that. Like nobody like narrates like their stories. Right. Yeah, like, I agree. But I do that now. I felt more comfortable and I started to get good feedback on Instagram. But yeah, is it I mean, weird I that I like hysterical. include my voice in the stories? Because I feel like most people, it's just yeah. a picture or a boomerang, or if it's a video, they're not talking. 
As long as you're being entertaining and not showing me your nightly beauty routine, I don't care. <laughs> That'll right. be the day. That'll be the day. Okay, sorry. So no, the, I think it's totally fine. The Discover page. Yeah, Take me through sorry. It. Yeah, going back to Snapchat. So Snap- in 2018, Snapchat uh, premieres its Discover page, which turns out to be the end of the world. No. Um, so now Snapchat had been working on prioritizing sponsored content for a while. And like, I get it. You got to get paid. Um, but when they merged your friend's story page with the sponsored content page, all hell broke loose. And it resulted in petition a petition requesting the old version of Snapchat back that garnered more than 1.2 million signatures, which like side note, in case anyone's wondering, there are children being raped and murdered in the Sudan, but like, okay, sign this petition. It's what people care about is ridiculous. The amount of people that signed a petition to have them refilm Game of Thrones. Right. It's because to them in their minds, it like directly affects their life, you know? Right. Um, even though it doesn't. Uh, tension, Game of Thrones fans, you were never going to be satisfied. And if you were satisfied, it wouldn't be true to the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywho, yeah. So 1.2 million signatures were garnered by this. Um, and even Kylie Jenner, the app's most followed member, said that she was, quote, quote, done with Snapchat, which caused – this is the most mind-blowing fact to me. It caused the company's stock to fall 6% in a single day. Which I remember that. hearing about that. That's ridiculous. Right? I wish I had that much power. I wouldn't know what to do with it. Right? She was – I remember in Snapchat's prime, she had – like they were giving all these celebrities like little emojis next to their handles – I remember I wanted one so badly just so I could put a donut emoji next to mine. That's all I wanted. That's that's funny. I was Um, ready to do some weird thing on social media for fame just to get a donut by my name. Anika was hysterical on Snapchat. It still is. Um, So it would have been well-deserved. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, so Kylie Jenner had her emoji was the crown because she had the most followers and she, she wore the Snapchat crown. Like you, Claude Miller, he's just like the smiley face with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was big on Snapchat too. But they've all, like, I mean, most most influencers I follow, follow on Snapchat have like pretty much followed off. And when I used to get, you know, like over a hundred views on my Snapchat stories, if I post one now, which is usually I'm like hammered and I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I get like, 23 views right nobody checks it anymore and it's what's interesting is like you know they they dropped six percent and their stock dropped six percent six percent in a single day they said to have lost two two percent of their users which i think is a very conservative number and i mean i suppose like a lot of people kept the app but i'm assuming that usability went down dramatically Mm -hmm. um and instead of you know sort of making new versions that compromise they've really like doubled down on the discover page and the like sponsor content intermix with like your friend stuff because honestly like you care more about your friends snapchat stories than you do about i don't even know a celebrity yeah like a celebrity that you don't even know or follow on snapchat but somehow shows up in your discover page true so i mean and instagram's done similar things but uh they still your top thing is still uh it's still like your friends and the only sponsored content that they shove down your throat is in your newsfeed. And honestly, I've bought like 20 things off Instagram. So who's winning that battle? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've I've definitely purchased some targeted things on my Instagram page. Yep, all the time. I'm like constantly clicking on the same pages, and so they just they they live in my Instagram feed. I might as well just follow them at this point. Pretty much, yeah. I've also been bamboozled though. Like those anybody who's listening, those giant mitt blankets. You know, the giant pieces of yarn. Yeah, and they're supposed to look like they've been knitted. Don't buy them. Why? What happened? I got bamboozled. My boy, I wanted one for Christmas so bad. So my boyfriend at the time bought it for me, and it took three months to get there. And when it got there, it looked like it was made out of um, what's like the stuff that you use for insulation in houses. Whatever that stuff is, that's what like the material <laughs> felt like. It was so bad. It was so itchy, and it was like a giant cotton ball. Like if you touched it, it began to fall apart. Oh it was no. So it was so bad. And they they weren't cheap. I know that there's like really expensive ones out there that I'm sure are much better quality, but still. That's awful. There was it was the NHL playoffs last year when the Golden Knights were in the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I was scrolling Instagram and there's a targeted ad for maybe the best Golden Knights t-shirt ever. This was when they were in the playoffs. It wasn't completely they were going into the the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need this T-shirt. It was the Golden Knight logo was in the background. And then there was a unicorn in the foreground wearing a Golden Knight shirt, dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. It was right up your alley. Yeah. So I was like, I need this shirt. Bought it. And the same thing. It like, didn't show up for months. So by the time I get it, it's not even hockey season. So it's like, when am I going to wear this? And then they lost the Stanley Cup anyway. But I remember just being so surprised by a package in the mail because I totally forgot about it. And so then, like, Mike and I were really excited to open up this mystery package. And I opened it up. And when he saw it, he was like, the reason why they lost the Stanley Cup was because you didn't have that T-shirt. It's it's the distributor's fault. Yeah. Did you wear it this year? I did. So <laughs> clearly that wasn't it. Did you get compliments on it? <laughs> I did get a lot of compliments on it, yes. Oh, well, perfect. She should be an Avalanche fan, but that's for another episode and another day. That's the thing is, like, I never was really into hockey. And then (laughs) I moved to Las Vegas, and they, like, created their own team. It wasn't like a team moved here from another place. They created their own team. And I'm like, that's kind of cool because in Las Vegas, we don't have any professional sports teams. Now we have two. But at the time, one of them's trash. We won't even talk about them. But (laughs) the other one, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can get behind this hockey thing. And here we are. I mean, it helps that they're good. It does help that they're good. If they sucked, I don't think I'd feel the same loyalty. (laughs) Exactly. Back to social media. My social media blunder happened on Twitter, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. the place where your word vomit gets immortalized. Right. And where your career goes to die. And where Donald Trump gets his news. So... (laughs) Twitter gets both brands and people in trouble all the time. I mean, okay, not Twitter in and of itself, but the use of Twitter. A lot of cancel culture surrounds Twitter as people Mm -hmm. will, like, dig up past tweets of celebrities and hold them accountable for shit they said many years ago when society was maybe a a bit less attentive to social issues than it is today. Agreed. However, not everybody's tweets are forgotten and then reassessed 10 years later. Sometimes it happens in real time. 
You send a tweet, you turn off your phone, then when you power it back up a few hours later, you're the most hated woman on an entire continent. (laughs) Also, like, what kind of sociopath turns off their phone? I'm just saying. It was for a flight. Uh, Well, who does that, too? (laughs) I'm saying my husband's a pilot. I'm just saying it's a myth, okay? It (laughs) is a myth. The whole no cell phone thing is mainly just for the pilots, so they're not texting and driving, texting and flying, I guess. <laughs> so anyway, the senior exec of corporate communications at IAC, aka a public relations professional, Ooh. was going on a trip to South Africa in December of 2013, and before takeoff, tweeted to her mere 170 followers, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh. I don't care if you have 2 followers, if you have a million followers, you don't say things like that. You just that is you just horrible. don't. Anybody can get AIDS. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. And just the implications behind that tweet too. That's so sad. You're viewing people of an entire continent. Not it's, positive. Not only an entire continent, an entire race. An entire race, for sure. Yeah. That was sad. So yeah, after the 11-hour flight, this woman turns her phone back on and she saw a text from a person she hadn't spoken to since high school. This woman was 30 at the time, so old mm-hmm. enough to know better. Yep. Um, And this text read, I'm so sorry to see what's happening. And she's like, I have... I have no idea what's happening. I just turned my phone back on. So then her phone just starts dinging nonstop as all these texts came in. Her f- And then another friend sent, you need to call me immediately. And as she got on the phone with her friend, she learned that she was the number one trending topic on Twitter, which takes a lot to achieve. Trust Seriously. me, I've tried it. <laughs> <laughs> While she was airborne, the hashtag has Justine landed yet was all over Twitter. I was going to keep her name out of it, but whatever. (laughs) Um, People even went to the airport in South Africa to photograph her arrival and share it on Twitter. Like, there were, like, mobs of people. So, Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. That's awful. So, yeah, she was rightfully fired from her job. But in 2018, there's an article that I read that reportedly she's basically has the same job now. So, um... Fired for for show, then rehired. Something like that, yeah. So, uh, I mean, her name, like I said, is out there. It's Justine. I'm not going to drop that last name. Um, (sighs) Every article out there does, though. I I do think that she has learned from this mistake. And while I don't want to say I support her because I don't in any means, that's a horrible, horrible thing to say. Um, Yeah. I also don't want to drag her again for something that she said that she probably has learned from and I'm sure she regrets. Moral of the story here is that us white people really need to step out of our bubbles from time to time and recognize our privilege. It's really it's really important to see beyond your own front doorstep. It's like yeah. my biggest thing. I just think in, it's like your responsibility as a human to sort of look beyond what just affects your life because – that's like part of the human experiences. <laughs> well, no, I agree with you. I think that so many people that are born with privilege don't really ever have to experience that. They don't have to see what's beyond their front doorstep because it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And 
it's so much comes from being able to take that step outside of your front door and seeing the world for what it is and understanding why even though something might sound so trivial and unimportant to you, like calling Ukraine the Ukraine or something, you realize that there are people out there who that affects. And Mm -hmm. if all it takes is for you just to change your language a little bit, just remove the word the from your language, why not do it? Just change your language. It's so, so stupid that people feel like they're being attacked because they can't say things, do things that they grew up doing, their parents grew up doing. Right. It's like words have meaning and words have effects. Yeah. Whether you see it or not, it's just like you could be perpetuating a horrible social outlook and you don't like it's not your intention, but it's what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. Well, I just actually looked up the Justine girl's Twitter and it's actually now been adopted. Like, so she abandoned the <laughs> handle and it's been, a, it's been uh, adopted by somebody who tweets about racial and social and economical justice. So hey, there's that. There's a positive spin there. Exactly. So there, I, she definitely abandoned Twitter altogether, though, for sure. <laughs> Maybe social media I think media that's probably general. a safe thing to do. It's true. It's true. Those are our stories. Let me say that in a more excited way. Those are our stories. (laughs) Um, And we have some of your stories about just work blenders in general that we wanted to share. Ayo. Okay. So I'll go first. This one's really small, but it actually like goes into something that I identify with. So I get it. So this is from a listener and they said, I wrote my boss on Skype. Be there in a sex instead of be there in a sec, <laughs> which made me establish a policy to never shorten the word second. It's just not worth it. <laughs> not to mention this this text was to my boss, who I had a tiny crush on at the time. <laughs> so um, this failure of words is something that I definitely identify with. You have a story? My, like, yeah. My, my second... PR job I ever had right before we're going like we're gonna disband for like two weeks for Christmas and we actually had a client it was a hard rock cafe like I don't care I'll say it um, but just the one in Denver it wasn't national hard rock cafe mm-hmm. um national hard rock cafe was actually represented by this like really big agency in New York City and then the local affiliates would just hire local agencies to you know do local work so they were they had these like new winter cocktails or whatever. So every time that you got media coverage, you were supposed to email the national team that coverage. So just like a little food blog here in Denver wrote about their new winter cocktails. So I last email, I'm like packing up, I'm so excited. My last email is I send out and it says new media coverage, winter cocks. And I <laughs> I remember that. Oh my yes. god. And I send that bitch. That's the last thing that everybody saw before they went to Christmas break. <laughs> That's amazing. I hope you got some awesome replies. You know, I really didn't. My bosses were kind of like displeased with me. I don't know. Everyone on PR takes themselves extremely seriously. Uh-huh. So. I, um, I know that. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. So, I mean, like, I thought it was funny. Like, I wanted the earth open up and, like, swallow me whole. But, uh... Yeah, it was it was fine. Everything's great. 
it ended up okay. Nope, we didn't get fired or anything, but yeah, that's that's my winter cock story. I like it. Just going back to everybody in PR takes themselves way too seriously. I used to describe a former boss of mine as Miranda Priestley from <laughs> Devil Wears Prada, but far less important. <laughs> so yeah, I get that. All right. Yeah. Um, so I have a story that will remain anonymous per the listener's request. Um, the general manager of a hotel in Jacksonville went to the air went to the airport hotel of the same brand in Jacksonville, met a woman at the bar and ordered an expensive bottle of champagne. Then went to the house phone and tried to get the operator to give him the name of a guest in a room to try to charge the bottle to that room. So just like a completely random room. Yeah. So. um, I mean, kind of sneaky, but fail. Right. It's like, I don't know if you're the GM of a hotel, like within these hotels, maybe you should just like try to err on the the cautious side. I don't know. Because maybe this is going to blow up in your face, which it probably, (sighs) which it definitely did. So the operator on the phone became suspicious and she called security and they came to confront him and he ran into the garage, breaking through the exit barrier, ended up going the wrong way on a street and was arrested. Oh, my gosh. The next day, there was a picture of him in the paper in an orange uniform and he was fired. Also, another short one is two employees at another hotel got keys to the wine cellar, got drunk and naked, and were found deep asleep the next day. And, yeah, they were discovered while naked, and, of course, they got fired, so. That's hysterical. Yeah. I have a drinking at work story that I'll save for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will save it for another day. There's, there'll, there'll be an episode that it fits just the right, just right with. Mm-hmm. I'm you waiting know, for that one too. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay, so this one is. I haven't even read this one, and I'm really bad at reading aloud. So like, <laughs> if I have to read it twice. That's okay. You are welcome. Yeah. Taco Bell, circa 1978, wearing brown polyester pants and matching tops with sharp pointed collar and yellow and orange orange accents on the shoulder. Just in case anyone's wondering, I love the shit out of Taco Bell. So I hope this oh doesn't God. talk shit about Taco Same. Bell. Remember Time Out. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring this up at the end. <laughs> Are you talking about that one time we went on a cleanse and then we ate our body weights in Taco Bell? Yeah, so we were doing a cleanse, which are Super stupid in general. Cleanse. Like so stupid. <laughs> it was like a multi-day right. cleanse where you just eat vegetables. Raw vegetables and water. And we did it with a group of friends. And one night, all of us were hanging out together, and I think you and I were just texting each other about how hungry we were, and we're like, we should go get food. And so I made up some excuse that I needed to go to Target for something, and I was like, Paige and I are just going to run out really quickly. We ended up going to Taco Bell. I think we ordered everything off the dollar menu, (laughs) and we feasted. And, like, of course, we come back, and, like, everyone is still complaining about being so hungry. We're like, oh, yes, too. So hungry. (laughs) Excuse my food, baby. (laughs) Um, But to be honest, that Taco Bell probably cleansed us more than the raw vegetables would. Exactly. To be fair. (laughs) But, yeah, needless to say, that cleanse was stupid. And Taco Bell is delicious. I, twice within the last calendar year, have had 
$30 worth of Taco Bell. 30 but I sh- Okay, I shared it, though, okay, with Erica both times. Okay. And Alex a little bit, too. That's better. I remember opening day for the Rockies one time. I think I was with Emily, and we got an Uber home because we were very drunk. But we asked our Uber driver if we could go to Taco Bell. We bought him Taco Bell. And we get back. I think I passed out in your bed. And when I woke up, I had a Crunchwrap Supreme still in my hand, and it was the best snack to wake up to. <laughs> exactly. I love Crunchwrap Supremes. Crunchwrap Supreme, no tomato with shredded chicken instead of beef. Count it. So delicious. Okay. Anyways, if Taco Bell wants to sponsor us, I would be so down. Like, oh you don't have to pay God. me. That like, would just be the give best. me gift cards. That would be the best. Anyways, back. <laughs> Uh, the best part was that was the paper hat that I kept on with bobby pins. Picture what soda jerks. What the hell is a soda jerk? A soda Sorry. jerk. Okay. Picture what soda jerks used to wear. At, oh, I, okay. Sorry, I, I know what she's saying now. Okay. Picture what soda jerks used to wear at the soda fountain, but brown, white, and yellow. I had to ride my ten speed the four miles each day in the heat of the summer. Ugh. Gross. Overall, the people I worked with were nice people, but my favorite was Lisa. She and I shared similar humor, so you can imagine. One time, our assistant manager was Garrett. Garrett was always on a power trip. He was about 21 and had aspirations to become a manager. <laughs> <It was laughs> Dream big, Garrett. I hope you got there. <laughs> right? It was a slow Sunday, early afternoon, and Lisa and I were up front visiting when Garrett thought we needed to be busier. <laughs> that happened to so much to us when we worked at a restaurant together. Old Chicago. <laughs> what is it? They, <laughs> if you have time to talk, then you have time to clean. Oh. Eye roll. Um, he insisted I make more refried beans. Mm, delicious. Mm. Well, I was trying to make Lisa laugh and somehow, quote, quote, broke the cooker so Garrett had to get it going. He was down on his hands and knees, and when he finally stood up after fixing it, he decided to lecture me about hard work. It was hard to listen because while down there, his paper hat had caught fire. <laughs> no! But he was sadly unaware of this fact. Did I mention that Garrett had curly, long hair? Oh, my Remember, God. it's an Remember, it's 1978. I'm sorry that my laughter interfered with warning him. I'm sorry my laughter interfered with warning with warning him. Lisa was sorry her laughter interfered with warning him. Finally, I tried to reach out and knock it off his head, but Garrett thought I was going to hit him, so he backed away. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, the hat fell and Garrett lo- Garrett's locks were saved. As assistant manager, he had no more power than to make it make us empty the garbage. I don't know if that was as noteworthy of a story or topic you're looking for. It's one of my faves, though. I'm sure I have many teacher stories of horrible parents and such, but oh well. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. That is so funny. Goodness. All right, I have one more story, and I'm debating what parts I should keep anonymous because it involves an A-list celebrity. Ooh, even better. Um, And I'm wondering if I should. Fuck it. He said I could. If you don't want to be called out, don't be an asshole, okay? My husband's a pilot. I know many pilots. This comes from a pilot. (laughs) This involves famed actor Sean Penn. (laughs) I'm just going to throw allegedly in front of this just so we don't get sued. But it happened. 
allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, he was a douche the whole time. Didn't have any interest in being friendly, um, which I like, I get, whatever. Like, you're not there to make friends. It could have been a bad day for him. Whatever. Anyway. So this was a flight from Southern California to Oakland. So it takes like 45 minutes. About 10 minutes into the flight, we smell cigarette smoke. And he had lit one up, which it's against FAA regulations. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's a private plane. You don't just get to smoke cigarettes. Even though it's a private plane, it's still against FAA regulations to smoke on a plane. Just going to throw that out there. So we immediately told him no smoking to put it out. So he did. But then apparently that wasn't enough of a clear message. So about 20 minutes later, he lit up another one. Once again, tell him to put it out. And he had such an attitude about it. We had to fly him back later. We told his broker that if he smoked on the way home, we would divert to the closest airport and kick him off. So he managed not to smoke on the way back. Damn. Yeah. Power move. I I respect it. I love that it's only a 45-minute flight, but you still had to light up. How like how much of a chain smoker do you have to be that you can't handle forty five minutes on an airplane? That's what patches are for, or like Nicorette gum or something. Yeah, Nicorette also, gum like, sponsor Sean Penn, please. Right. <laughs> also, just like get a clue. It's terrible for you. Yeah, and people don't want to be smelling it. You're on a private jet. If you want to fly on a private jet and you want to smoke cigarettes. Buy your own damn jet. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, he's rich, but I don't think he's that rich, you know? That's why he's chartering them. I say that as in, like, I fly private, but really I buy, like, $30 Frontier flights that have no leg room and I only can bring a backpack, so. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. Yeah. It's not about how you get there. It's just where you're going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's pretty sure that's the opposite of the moral of, like, Miley Cyrus's song "The Climb," but whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do say getting there is half the half the journey or something like that. But yeah. I do disagree with that, especially after <laughs> our flight to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Cody the other day about how we screwed ourselves. Yeah, we did. I don't even want to talk about it because it's so humiliating. We'll talk about it on. <laughs> we'll talk about it on an episode where we talk about an airplane or travel of some sort. Um, that is on our list. I just added yeah. it because Mike really wants to be a guest on I an episode. I saw it. It looks super – that would be fun. Yeah. But as for our next episode – Yeah. It's America Week next week. It's America so, Week after we've just trashed America like, yeah. <laughs> and its citizens yeah. for the past hour. We are going to talk about America because it is the 4th of July. So, yeah, our, our next week's episode our, – our episode next week is – Probably the better way to frame that sentence is <laughs> lies our history teachers told us. Yeah. So lies about American history. And um, this gem came to us as a listener suggestion. So thank you very much, Amanda, for sending that in because that's actually going to be kind of fun to do. I'm excited for it. And it is going to be fun. If you have, so first of all, if you have any stories that we can read at the end of our podcast that have anything to do with um, either lies that your teacher's parents told you, um, I think one of my favorites that I've ever heard is kids' parents would tell them that the ice cream truck only plays music when it's out of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so anything like that or just like weird things that you believed when you were a kid, I think those would be really fun to talk about. So if you have yeah. any of those, send us an email. Or if you have any episode suggestions, send us an email. We'd love to hear them. Yeah. So you can slide into our DMs at Interesting Podcasts on Instagram or on Facebook. Or you can email us at interestingpodcasts at gmail.com. Exactly. And it's interesting, not interesting, because – yeah. Emphasis on the thing. I think you probably know that if you're listening to this because you found us somehow and you look at the spelling on there. But my yeah. mother still doesn't know that, that. So actually, no, she does. She corrected my father the other day. So it's nice. It kind of nice. goes back and forth between the two of them. So that's um, funny. Yeah. That is our episode for today. Thank you so much for first of all listening and second of all for sending in your stories, which were really fun. I actually had a few more that I didn't read but um just pressed for time over here but thank you maybe so much. she'll just go on instagram and talk into her camera about it there you go <laughs> <laughs> don't pressure um, me Paige. speaking of though instagram follow us and also subscribe rate review download tell your all friends, the things tell your mom tell your brother don't tell my brother. Tell your mom. Okay. We shout out the moms right at the beginning. <laughs> like this right. is this is a podcast for mothers. Yes. <laughs> Coming from two non-mothers. Right. right. I just told a story from a listener from 1978. So like, come on, people. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. We love you. And remember to keep love it you interesting. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye.